in a glass case of emotion. Hello and welcome back to the Cinema Sessions podcast. This is Kayla and usually I am joined by my co-hosts Rick and Michael, but today you're joined by me. So usually we go into an episode and we deep dive into characters and topics and some themes in the narrative, but today we're doing a bonus episode where we're going to go a little deeper into our most recent character episodes. So Sometimes episodes, I just don't get to all the content that I want to discuss, and we can only talk about so much on the show. We have limited time, and this is going to be a little bit more of a chance to deeper dive into the episode. So they'll be shorter, and they're really for anyone who's just intellectually curious or wants to learn more about the content we're discussing. So today... I'm doing a follow-up to our most recent character episode. So in the episode, we each, Rick, Michael, and I, we each picked three characters from film, specifically movies that describe us, our personality day-to-day. So digging deeper into this topic, I want to get into Jung and his archetypes. So a little bit of background about Carl Jung. He was a Swiss psychoanalyst. He studied with Freud around the early 1900s, and he was studying psychoanalysis. And now his studies would be known as depth psychology, and this is still a field that you can study today. Um, It's more rare of a field, but there are places where you can still study this. What I like about depth psychology and Jung's approach is it's pulled from a lot of different Area. So it's not just psychology and psychiatry, but he also brings in anthropology and religion and literature. And he's really embracing of all these different um, attitudes and practices. And Jung's biggest kind of motivation for studying these different types of behavior and pieces of ourselves are really centered around self improvement. And his idea is that we come to know ourselves. And the more that we know ourselves, we can improve more. We can grow on what we know. So I'm just going to go through a little bit of background about some of the different aspects of self and personality, according to Jung. So first we have the self. That's just your everyday self. Um, And then we have different components of our personality or parts of ourselves. So we have the persona, which is how we present to the world in a social context. This is how we relate to others, how we connect with others. This is in conscious awareness. So this is we are aware of it and we do this in sometimes an effort to conform. They're kind of like masks that we wear to be able to connect with other people. But sometimes this can end up concealing our true nature. And then we have what's called the anima or animus. So this is the masculine or feminine aspect of yourself. So whichever gender that you identify with, this would be the opposite kind of characteristics that you would see and the counterpart to your gender. So me as a female, um, I'd be looking at the masculine characteristics of myself. And this is more through unconscious awareness. And lastly, we have the shadow. So the shadow, just like it sounds, this is the darkest parts of ourselves. So this is usually the part of ourselves that we try to hide or ignore or kind of stick in the corner. This is really centered around impulses and instincts. It kind of reminds me of Freud's id. If you're familiar with that concept, it's our core drives and desires And we can have aspects of ourselves buried here, but really this is uh, mostly unconscious. They're impulses that we're not so aware of, but according to Jung, we need to 
acknowledge this part of ourself because this is really how we get in touch with our true nature, our true fully formed self is through knowing these parts of ourself and being able to balance these different aspects of the self. So I figured rather than psychoanalyzing the guys, you're welcome, Rick and Michael, I would do a case study on myself. So going through the characters that I picked. So the characters that I picked in our most recent episode were Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter Violet Baudelaire from Series of Unfortunate Events, and Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice. So you could really sort the, according to, this is kind of object or subjective, sorry, uh, but I kind of went through and thought about my aspects of personality and how these pieces of myself show up day to day. So I put Luna as my mostly animus energy. So this is my masculine kind of energy. I like Luna in this regard because she is the opposite of a people pleaser. I think sometimes as females, we're raised to be nurturing and people pleasing and really just concerned with the needs of others rather than ourselves. And Luna really rejects all that. She's very free spirited. She's quirky. She's an oddball. She's weird in a really fun way. She doesn't really care how people perceive her. She's not really concerned with persecution. She just wants to be herself and in touch with her inner wisdom. So Luna would be kind of my Anna Mus energy. Um, if you were a male, you would have Anna Ma energy, which would be your female characteristics as parts of yourself. So next up, I have Violet Baudelaire. So she, Violet is more, I would say, of my persona, meaning how I project out into the world and on a surface level, how I connect with people. So Violet's very headstrong. She's determined. She's logical. She's very into discovery. She understands the world around her. She can be very scientific. And sometimes that can put her a little bit distance, distant from people and feelings and vulnerability. And I would say this is how I tend to present most often in the beginning of getting to know someone and then I'm able to kind of use the other aspects of myself once I get to know someone and I can be more vulnerable and more comfortable but Violet's kind of my initially meeting me what you might see as what I'm presenting and then last but certainly not least we have Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice so Lydia I mean obviously a shadow self. She sees the world in darkness. Um, she's a photographer. She has a dark room. Uh, <laughs> really good metaphors in there for Lydia and how she sees the world. But she's really in touch with the darkness of her humanity, almost uh, to the point where she denies other aspects of herself. But she's kind of disconnected. She's more connected to like the underworld and the spiritual world and kind of more energetic things more than people. Um and she kind of lives in this darkness, uh, which can get kind of heavy. So according to Jung, bringing these pieces of ourselves into conscious awareness is how we develop self-improvement, how we grow and learn to understand more about ourselves. And we can find balance in these areas. So the last uh, big concept that I'll get into of Jung is this idea of the collective unconscious. So this is kind of the the ether of what combines us. It's like the tapestry of humanity and stories and myths. It's collective to all humankind, including our ancestors. And really, it's this idea of we have this universal wisdom and narrative that ties us all together. So our ancestors were telling very similar stories to what we have now, even as we are a more evolved culture, there are still some components that are in the same. So this could be shared wisdom, images, concepts, dreams, 
all kinds of things that we find in our psyche that we use for storytelling. And archetypes are contained here, which is what we're going to delve a little bit more deeper into, different types of figures that we find. And this is really, really prevalent in film. This is actually where I got introduced to Jung's work in a deeper level in my undergrad uh, studies, I had a psychology of film course, which was incredible. And we really delved into these archetypes and different parts of the self. But really, this has a place in all areas. Young was trying to um, use it more in terms of psychiatry. His idea was that if we can understand people and their drives better, we can help them heal and understand where they see themselves in the world. So I'm curious as we're going through these, if you think of where you see yourself or if you don't see yourself in these archetypes. And most of us, um, we have kind of a combination of these different parts and yeah, just something to think of as we go through these. So there are 12 archetypal figures that we're going to go through. I'll go through some examples, uh, what these pieces say about us or might say about us, and as well as some strengths and possibly some vulnerabilities to these characters. So First up, we have a character type or an archetypal figure known as the innocent. And sometimes the innocent is also known as the child. The main drive for this character is safety. So this might be like a civilian that needs protection. Um, when I was thinking about character types for this, I immediately thought of Bella Swan, especially early in the Twilight series. Um, she's really in need of protection. She's very naive. She's very innocent. Um, but also some other examples could be like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Even Alice in Wonderland might qualify for this character or Forrest Gump. Some strengths that this character has. They are hopeful. They are imaginative. And they are very trusting with others. And because of that, the flaws might be they get too attached to people. They might be too trusting and too naive, uh, which might disrupt their primary need for safety. Next up, we have the sage character type. Sometimes this is known as the mentor or the scholar. Usually in stories, this is the guiding force of wisdom or the mentor to our main protagonist or hero. So there's someone who's going to be like a guiding um, they give the guiding principles of how the hero is going to wield their magic or their power or strength. So thinking of this archetype, I thought of Dumbledore or Yoda or even the Oracle from the Matrix series who kind of guides uh, Neo and Trinity towards their ultimate destiny. Some strengths of this character would be wisdom. They have a, a great deal of knowledge and wisdom and how to apply it. They are insightful. They can be calming. They can be a very calming presence, reassuring to whoever they're trying to help or whoever's in need. Because of this, some of their flaws might be they struggle to take action. So they might be so in their heads that they struggle to see a way forward or to try to gain momentum towards their goals or that the committed actions that they want to take. They might also be too objective. So they might just be very impartial and disconnected. They might also be judgmental or impractical in their approach. Third, we have the explorer archetype. So this one's pretty self-explanatory in the name, but their main drives are freedom and discovery. So thinking of this archetype, the one that comes to mind is Indiana Jones. He's obviously an explorer. He's out to, you know, like collect different pieces of the world. 
Um, but also you might think of Captain Kirk from the Star Trek series or even Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Some strengths that this character type has, they are resourceful. Um, they're used to being in new environments, so they know how to get their needs met. They're also really good at problem solving, so they're really good. Um, I think we kind of see this in Indiana Jones. That's the most obvious one, but there's lots of puzzles and traps and, you know, how do I approach this sort of thing? The flaws are they might be hyper-independent, so they might have trouble relying on others or asking for help. And they might also be kind of ungrounded because they're always going towards the next thing or the next place. They might be kind of untethered or lack stability and safety. Next, kind of similar to the Explorer, we have the Outlaw. And sometimes this character type is also known as the Rebel. And their main concern is liberation. I could see how the Outlaw and the Explorer might be friends. And you might see some types that kind of match up where you could see like, oh, I could see how those personality types mesh. And that might be something to think about of like, oh, I really see my friend as, you know, more of this type and I'm more of this type. And it might be why you get along or why you don't sometimes. So the examples of the outlaw or the rebel, I think of Han Solo. He's just very, you know, driven to do his own thing, explore, as well as Katniss Everdeen. She's very rebellious in how she approaches the Hunger Games. She really shakes things up and does things um, just for the sake of doing good and helping others. And she kind of abandons all the old structure and rules. Some strengths to this character type. They are inspiring. They never give up. Some flaws might be they could be prone to destruction or ignorance. They might even lead into criminality if taken too far. Um, I think of this as this could be someone like Harley Quinn could fit into this category of she might not have necessarily started out as doing bad, more just on a path of destruction, but obviously turns criminal as she goes forward. Um, the next character type we have is the magician. So this one's pretty straightforward. Um, their main motivation, though, is power. And sometimes this is a villain archetype, but not always. So a classic example of this, I think of the Riddler from the Batman series. Um, and we have a few different Riddlers over the history of Batman, but also someone like Voldemort or even Sherlock Holmes. So that's a really good example of a more of a protagonist who displays some of these characteristics. So the magician's strengths are strategy, knowledge, and understanding. Some flaws might be that they are prone to manipulation. They are so focused on how to move forward and get their goals met or their needs met that they are so uh, vested in self-interest that they are okay with manipulating others. And sometimes they can feel angry when things don't go their way. Next up, we probably have the most famous of the archetypes, even if you didn't know what was an archetype, which is the hero. And sometimes the hero is referred to as the soldier or warrior archetype. This is typically our protagonist. They are the one that's really driving the story forward along with their group of friends or mentors or teammates. So their, their main priority is mastery. So how can they master their power, their strength? How can they use that to accomplish their goal? So people I think of with this would be Batman, Wonder Woman, um, a lot of superheroes fall into this category. Also someone like Neo from The Matrix. He's our hero concerned with mastering his power and what he's been given. 
Some strengths that this character has would be courage, and they are very determined. They set their sights on a goal, and they know how to make it happen. They're very ambitious. Some flaws might be they could be prone to arrogance or even underestimating their um, their foes or people around them. So um, that could be an issue. And sometimes they have a fear of failure. So they might even struggle to move forward because they're so nervous about upsetting people or failing those around them or themselves. Next, we have the lover archetype. So the lover is really concerned with intimacy, uh, intimacy and connection. And typically the lover examples we have are more of like connections or relationships. So some classic examples from stories and lore and movies I thought of were Romeo and Juliet the lovers. I think that's uh, a pretty easy example, as well as Jack and Rose from the Titanic, which I didn't realize that I had some Leonardo DiCaprio carry over there, but go Leo. (laughs) Some of the strengths that the lovers would have, they are devoted and passionate and able to be vulnerable with others. Their flaw could be that they desire to please all people and they might be uh, more prone to losing themselves. So they might be so invested in another person that they lose sight of themselves. They lose really important pieces of themselves. Next up, we have the jester, or sometimes called the joker, not to be confused with the character. And their main motivation is pleasure seeking. And sometimes I think of this character, often in movies, they're presented as kind of like the comic relief, like they're there, you know, when the tension gets too heavy, or there's too much brute force, and they're like, let's lighten it with some humor. Um, some classic examples of this, I think of, uh, the Weasley tunes in Harry Potter. Like they're just very, they, they run a joke store. They're just very jokey. They provide some kind of lighthearted consistency throughout the films and the books. Some strengths of this character type would be they're very likable. They're enjoyable to be around. They're fun. Some flaws might be that they're unreliable. They're unable to take responsibility and they, have a, they can have a loss of self-control. So they don't know where the boundaries are as far as self-control goes. Next, we have the everyman or also called sometimes the member or the orphan. And this character is really concerned with belonging. So this character that's kind of an unusual one because sometimes we have some heroes that fit this category. So this could be someone like Harry Potter who's trying to belong to a certain group throughout the series, or even Frodo. He's just very connected with other people and does things for the sake of belonging and connecting to other people. And some strengths that this character has would be resiliency, and they can have a lot of empathy for other people. But because of that, some of their flaws might be that they could be taken advantage of, they struggle with confidence, and they're eager to please. Next up, we have the caregiver. And I think of the, the caregiver and the everyman could be very connected. They're ones that um, might find each other and be in close relationship to each other because of their needs to connect with others and those around them. So the caregiver is concerned with service. And there is no better example than these two people that I thought of. So one is Molly Weasley from the Harry Potter series. She's always caretaking in a very physical and emotional way for not only her children, but her husband and the magical community and her kids' friends. And 
She's just very much of service to other people, as well as Samwise from Lord of the Rings, which is one of the characters that Michael picked for his grouping of personality characteristics. Some strengths that this character has are they have a lot of heart, they're selfless and generous. Some flaws might be that they're prone to rescuing other people, which could lead to things like codependency. They can struggle to acknowledge their own needs and even be exploited at times or feel kind of like that doormat. Next, we have the ruler. And the ruler is also sometimes called the leader, the king, the queen. This is another one of those that typically gets thrown in when we're talking about villains. Their primary motivation is control. And some examples in film that I thought of for this character were Darth Vader, Cersei Lannister from the Game of Thrones series, or even Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Some strengths of this type would be they're strong communicators, they have a lot of power, so they're able to get things done, and they make strong leaders. Some flaws could be that they become too authoritarian in their approach, they can become elitist, and they struggle to plan for things like being flexible, like if their plan goes out the window, what do we do next sort of thing. So they need to surround themselves with more um, people that are able to anticipate those needs. Last and certainly not least, we have the artist archetype. And I was looking through my characters that I picked, and the artist was one that kind of runs through all of mine. Um, in some way. So the, the artist is really concerned with innovation. So how do I make new things? Um, how do I enact my vision? And some examples of this would be Willy Wonka from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And even some real life examples, like I think of, this is in film, but Bohemian Rhapsody, like Freddie Mercury's character, like he's just really trying to enact his artistic vision throughout the film. Some strengths that this character has are drive, creativity, and vision. Some flaws that they may struggle with are obsessiveness, perfectionism, procrastination, and sometimes they might put work other, over other people. So they might struggle in relationships of that way and struggle to see the importance of connection over just working and working and working. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts about archetypes? Are there any questions that you have? Do you see yourself in any of these archetypes? Or are you a combination of these? Which ones do you resonate with the most? If you have any feedback or questions, feel free to reach out on our Instagram, at Cinema Sessions Pod on Instagram. We also have a Facebook group going. And yeah, we've just really loved connecting with you all. And I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of Cinema Sessions, and I will leave you with a quote by Carl Jung that I think of all the time, and I hope this helps to inspire you. He says, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakens? And I hope that this has awakened something in you, whether it's just a tidbit of information or made you think more about yourself or those around you. Doing this work, it certainly inspires us thinking about all of you and all of our clients and just everyone who's in need of mental health, which is everyone in the world. And so thank you for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. No, Kelly Clarkson! But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters.